Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the new moon in Capricorn, which happens to be a partial solar eclipse. So to start this episode off, let's listen to Eclipse by Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. If you've listened to the show before, you know new moons are really prime time for manifestation work. During this episode, we'll cover the energetic themes of this particular new moon so that you can keep them in mind and see what resonates for you while you're reflecting on what it is that you would like to manifest in your life. Before we get into those new moon and Capricorn themes though, I think it might be a good time for a refresher on the benefits of meditation and how it's tied to manifestation. Starting out, what are the benefits of meditation and how does it help with manifesting? Meditation works by tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system, which has been shown to help lower things like blood pressure and improve your sleep. It can even physiologically change your gray matter in your brain so that it responds even better to anxiety and it doesn't stress you out as much. Before you start to meditate though, figure out what it is that you would like to manifest in your life. Identify those things and then think about how it would feel in your body, in your life, if you had achieved those things, and then carry that feeling forward into your body after you meditate. Because by experiencing this feeling, you're kind of tricking your brain and also your energy into thinking that, well, if she feels this way, then she must want more of this. And so that's how you kind of get this positive energy circle started. And then after you have felt your feeling of manifestation, incorporate some sort of semblance or ritual of gratitude in your life for having achieved these things. And 
This works because, generally, the universe isn't going to give you any gifts if you aren't already appreciative of what you have. Just like a wise elder isn't going to give you any more food if you haven't cleaned what's on your plate. Your energetic field, in some ways, is your plate. It asks for things, it rejects things based on what you need, and the universe reads that in the form of energy and sending you gifts or trials or lessons based on what you're putting out there. Energy is not discriminatory in this way. It simply seeks out like to like. So if you're negative, it's going to give you more negative. If you're being more positive, you're going to get more positive in return. The goal of manifestation work in this way isn't some kind of fancy tangible good like wanting to be able to afford a new BMW or something. No. And this actually has a lot to do with Capricorn energy when you step back to take a look at it. And hopefully later on the episode, everything will click into place. But manifestation in this way is about cultivating a state of mind and being in the world that is a fertile ground for the germination of creative ideas to flourish while creating pathways and opportunities for harmony and increased personal insight. It can help you get out of your own way because when we're focused on harmony and light, you tend to attract more of the same. That though is where the hard part and the harsh reality actually comes in though. If you're focusing on the negative, that too tends to attract more of the same. Meditation helps to change those old neurological pathways to create more curated ones. And guess what? You get to curate your thoughts. This is where things can get to be problematic though. Of course, bad things happen to everyone. Some people definitely have it worse off than others. And if you're preoccupied with things like finding safe shelter, a healthy food to eat, it may be really difficult to find much good in the world to focus your energy on. This doesn't even begin to address the difficulty of those struggling with clinical depression. It's sort of cruel, it's sort of cruel seeming that those who most desperately need the tools to shift their energy and thought patterns are the ones who struggle with finding a way to do that. And this isn't to discount anyone's personal struggle. In fact, it's very much the opposite. I hope at least that this can help someone find a tool that they can use to help raise their energy levels, their vibrations, and their just general coping mechanisms for day-to-day life because shit is hard. When you're depressed, finding something to be happy about can literally be the most challenging thing in the world. I feel that a lot of mindfulness apps and tools tend to purely cater to those who are privileged enough to already have things pretty good in comparison. I think that this can really feel alienating to the rest of us who might be struggling to find our light. Let me put it this way. Wealthy, middle-aged white women do not need yoga. They do not need mindfulness. They need to be mindful of their actions on their communities and how they affect people who are less fortunate than them. Because the truth is that it's not that they don't need these things, it's that everyone deserves these things and deserves the opportunity to have a quiet space that's safe, to have a good meal that is full of nurturing ingredients that aren't gonna kill you. People have the right to have medical care when they're sick. These are all fundamental truths that I believe in personally. And I think that mindfulness can kind of get in the way of 
classism sometimes, and the people who really only have the resources to to practice or go into retreats or go to expensive classes are those who can afford it. And I don't think that that's fair. So that's why this podcast will always be free. And the only stuff I advertise on it, by the way, is stuff that I, I make or offer to help support the podcast. But this is the free stuff. And this is the the thing that I hope will help change the world in a small way. So when you're thinking about what it is that you want to meditate on and manifest in your life, don't be ashamed of where you're at right now. The past is over. You, regardless of your social class or economic status, have control over your thoughts, your focus, and your breath. And that's a good start. That's all you need to get started. Start with that and don't beat yourself up for not being whatever it is you think you should be. Because the fact that you're here, living the life that only you can live, means that you're doing something no one else can do. No one else can live your life for you or tell the stories that you've lived. That being said, if this podcast has influenced you or impacted you in any way, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stop in the driveway moments or just something you might have shared with a friend or something, some sort of insight that maybe just shifted your your perspective a little bit. Love to hear from my listeners. All right. So with that being said, let's get into Capricorn because I know that's what you're all here for. Capricorn is the 10th sign of the zodiac, the last and the most advanced of the earth sign triad, which also includes Taurus and Virgo. It's symbolized by the sea goat. Some notable Capricorns are Stephen Hawking, Elvis, Isaac Newton, and Muhammad Ali. Ruled by Saturn, which, by the way, Saturn and Uranus both are currently at home in the domicile of Capricorn right now. So this new moon is extra potent for working with the energy of Saturn. And while a lot of people tend to kind of run and hide from Saturn, I, I kind of want to change your opinion about that a little bit. So while Jupiter is definitely considered to be the great benefic of our solar system, Saturn and Saturn is considered to be the antithesis and aptly called the great malefic aka Maleficent, if you're up on your Disney lore. It means the same thing. It means the one who is there to do great harm. I don't think it's here to do harm necessarily, as it is to teach tough lessons. So it's really kind of a case of good cop, bad cop, right? Where Or good parent, bad parent, in a way, if you're looking at Jupiter and Saturn as being the two. So Jupiter is the one who gets to party and like you have all the fun with, but Saturn's the one who comes home and is like, who the fuck is going to clean up this house after that house party? And they point at you and they're like, you had the party, you have to clean it up. And it's really here to teach about balance and hard work and how hard work can pay off and boundaries. So let's keep those themes in mind as we go forward. So NASA recently released some photos of Saturn that I think go a long way to confirm the energetic intensity of the ideas that Saturn embodies in a physical way. Um, There's this hexagonal storm on the north pole of Saturn that towers over 
the rest of the planet. It's like a hexagonal pillar that kind of stands above the surface of the planet Saturn. It's kind of crazy. And you can see these in the photo that Voyager sent back. And if you are interested in space or kind of nerdy at all like I am, there's a really excellent documentary about Voyager that I encourage you to go watch. The south pole of Saturn has some pretty intense vortex storms happening. And to give you a little bit of scale of the intensity of Saturn storms, the North Pole hexagonal storm is 14.5 thousand kilometers in diameter. That's larger than our Casa planet Earth. But most famously, Saturn is known for those stunning rings, which apparently are disappearing and we're lucky to be alive to witness them. But those rings of Saturn really go into defining what we think of as boundaries. And that's why so much of the energy that we experience through Saturn can feel so confrontational and so dramatic. I mean, look at the planet. It's one of the most dramatic planets in the solar system. It's stunningly beautiful. But at the same time, it's intensely rigid and structured, which is exactly what this energy asks us to consider in our lives. It's very intense little bit secretive and those rings really do define boundaries physical boundaries and whether or not we create them for ourselves or that we find ourselves butting up against those boundaries can come in many forms the forms of a harsh reality or a change in circumstance or even interpersonal reactions and inner and relationships. Setting clear boundaries and expectations will actually do wonders for your relationship because you won't be swimming in the sea of doubt, questioning whether or not so and so is interested, or whether or not you're worthy, etc., etc., etc. Because if you have clearly defined expectations and relationships, then you know what to expect. You know when things are going well, you know when things aren't going well, and they really do add to your peace of mind. And if you know what to expect and and when to expect it, you don't spend all this time and energy sort of waffling about in this myriad of confusion. So, boundaries are your friend. Set some for yourself. Set them for people in your life that you want to be in your life. Um, so that they know what to deliver. If you're just kind of hoping that somebody will read your mind and and stand and deliver magically, you know, I mean, some people really are heroes, but other people need a little bit of guidance, and that's what boundaries are good for. If you like somebody and you enjoy spending time with them, but maybe they're not living up to what you might hope they could, setting some some rules for your playdates, if you will, um, can really bring things to a next level. Or you know where you stand and it's okay to let that shit go, to make room for things that are more in line with what you want. So... Know what you're comfortable with. And there are clear signs when you're uncomfortable with something. You spend days agonizing over whether or not you did the right thing or wishing you'd hear from somebody or, you know, all these kinds of like doubtful moments add up to days and weeks of wasted time, which we're 
really only here as far as we know. And I mean, I do believe in reincarnation, but we're only here in this body living this life once. And so to make, uh, to waste it really is a waste. So in order not to do that, you really need to have good boundaries. So Saturn is a pretty serious soul that doesn't tend to get swept up by sentimentality or excess. What Saturn's really good at is keeping you grounded and helping you to redefine limits. And limits, they're not a bad thing. Knowing your limit can help you have, can save you from going too far. And I mean, it's good to have guardrails that keep you from flying over the edge into oblivion. That's what Saturn is there for. But if you're not living within your own personal energetic life's guardrails, then yeah, that hammer comes down. That's, that Saturn scythe comes down to really kind of wreck your shit. Saturn can really be a blessing if you need a firm ally to help you channel drawing healthy boundaries in your interpersonal relationships. And this is why I want to help change Saturn's reputation just a little bit, because it's not all about doom and gloom and punishment with Saturn. It, I don't think it really wants to do that. It just kind of has to do that because if it doesn't, nobody else will. On the other hand, though, Saturn's seriousness and down-to-earth nature can itself become excessive and can tip the scales towards depression, pessimism, or even cynicism if not kept in check. So, limits on your limits, right? Know when to let go, know when to stand firm. It goes both ways with Saturn. So with that in mind, let's move into the mythology behind Saturn so that we can gain a deeper understanding and perspective of this energy, and maybe it'll give you some inspiration as to how to use that in your mindfulness meditations for this new moon and eclipse, which by the way, eclipses are super powerful, so definitely meditate and be mindful about what you're asking the universe for during this new moon. The slain god, the eternal present, the gatekeeper between the personal and the transpersonal realms of our psyche, the famished, the guardian of time, the grim reaper, the cosmic taskmaster. These are just a few of Saturn's nicknames throughout history. Originally, he was called Kronos, the protector and the sower of the seed. This was who he was before he was slain by his own progeny Zeus. He was one of the seven titans, those gods before gods who were known for their size, strength, and their immense, incredible, unimaginable power. This was, again, before they were disposed by Zeus, a.k.a. Jupiter. Kronos was a child of Uranus and Mother Earth. However, Uranus sought to destroy his progeny. Mother Earth was infuriated by her lover's disdain and unlove for their progeny. So she asked her children for help, and the only one who responded was Kronos, Saturn. 
He lay in wait for his father to come visit with his mother at night, and he lay there with a sickle. And when Uranus wasn't looking and was asleep, Kronos, Saturn, castrated his father with a sickle, and therefore became the ruler of the universe. After Jupiter conquered Saturn, he fled to Rome, where he started a new golden age, which is why we celebrate Saturnalia in the guise of Christmas to this day. So what are the themes of this story? Their love for your foundation, for your mother, for your creator, in the form of Saturn standing up for the woman, the creative body that created him. We also have the desire to put an end to something that is wrong, but at the same time start something that is beautiful. And that's what Saturn's lessons ultimately teach us. They can be brutal. They can be your ball sack getting cut up in the night by your kid if you're evil. If you're not taking pride in doing what's right. But at the same time can be the desire to then set forth in motion something that has never been before and never will be again. In comparative beauty and excellence. So Saturn gets a bad rap. But usually when it comes to teach your lessons... They're ultimately for your own good. We're going to take a quick music break and be right back with the rest of the show. This is Mother Mother with Reaper Man. Off the album, A Very Good Bad Thing, which I feel like aptly describes Saturn.
see how Saturn's actions of doing what is necessary now to right or wrong then then sets in motion the possibility and the almost certain brighter tomorrow and I think that's exactly what Saturn is it's cutting away those dead leaves those things that no longer are needed for your growth in order for you to move forward so that tomorrow can be better than yesterday and it's painful and that's why people cringe and get really upset when they're having their Saturn return and usually it's because your Saturn return tends to set off or trigger major events in your life that really do course correct you to be on your path. And we all get off of it at some point. It's It happens to every single one of us. Uh, it's happened to me. It's happened to my friends. It's happened to everybody I've known. And ultimately, these things that happen, um, at least in my life, I mean, I can only speak about my own personal experiences, but during my Saturn return, one of my best friends died. I was broke. Um, but at the same time, it made me go, okay, well, I can't just like, you know, wish for money from the universe to happen. And up until that point, I'd been living a pretty charmed life as far as like getting good freelance jobs and like there were days when I wouldn't have to get out of bed and I would make like thousands of dollars before breakfast just for signing contracts. Um, and, you know, I did have to do the work in order to do that. But the year that my Saturn return rolled around, that was not my reality. It did make me realize that I needed to really put forth some effort and be consistent 
and to value the people who show up on a regular basis in my life because they are, you can't replace people. People are one of a kind, special, beautiful facets and expressions of life in this universe, on this planet that you you have until you don't have them anymore. And, you know, one of the saddest things in my life has been spending way too much time necessary pining over people who don't deserve it. And so one of the boundaries I'm setting for myself personally this year is not fucking doing that anymore. If someone shows themselves to be unworthy or un uh, unresponsive or just like not worth my effort or time, there will be no effort made on my behalf to maintain a faulty and failing relationship because that is saying to the universe that I'm okay with lies. I'm okay with supporting the system that doesn't work. And I'm not. I would rather instead be honest about a situation and let people know where I stand, uh, whether through action or inaction, and sometimes just like not responding, not, not making an effort, and not supporting somebody and being kind of their mediocre quote-unquote best when you know they're capable of more and better, um, that is a totally valid place to be. Yes, you may end up with more alone time, but that also gives you a lot more time to focus on the things that might be important to you, whether that's yoga, crystal studies, or whatever. But setting firm boundaries sets you up for firm success in the long run. And that's what Saturn really wants for you. That's what Saturn really wants for you is success. It wants to have that golden age. It wants to have that debaucherous party that is Saturnalia. If you follow us on Instagram, uh, I had a little post on Christmas Day about how Christmas was basically stolen from the Roman uh, practice of Saturnalia, uh, which basically, to give you the Cliff's Nose version of Saturnalia, it is a debaucherous celebration where there's a sacrifice because you have to, you know, you have to cut somebody's balls off or, or something in order to, like, appease the gods. But at the same time, then there's uh, a lot of feasting and happiness right afterwards. So it's it's really this sort of like this interesting dynamic, but it can be hella intense because again, Saturn is almost as powerful as Jupiter in our solar system. But I will say in the vein of all of this talk about the great malefic versus the great benefic, negativity will always be the foe of positivity and positivity ultimately will always triumph in the end. When your world seems dark, light gets rid of that so quickly. However, it does require a lot of expansive energy in order to conquer the darkness to keep that flame burning. So by setting limits, you find the ability to therefore you can serve energy to keep that flame burning brightly and steadily in the darkest of nights yet to come. Keep that flame alive and burning brightly. So, I hope that's reason for hope for you out there. I know this can be a really hard time of year for a lot of people, myself included. I'm 
you know, I live far away from my family, even though I'm, I'm in the town I grew up in. Um, it's, you know, kind of a lonely time of year. You have all this hope for the future at the same time. Capricorn is an intense sign. And um, when I look at the entirety of the Zodiac, these last four card, the, the last four signs, uh, which are, they're all the most intense, most advanced versions of their elements. So that's Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. All of these signs are really like big, heavy hitters in the Zodiac, right? So it's funny to me that during this time of political upheaval and even crises in some situations, that we have a series of five eclipses, and many of them are in these signs directly, especially on new moons. These are the things that really set off intense political, industrial, community changes. Um, let's take a quick music break and we'll be back to talk about some of these changes and some ways to incorporate all this energy into setting your intentions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. This is Big Star with Nighttime. Nighttime, I go out and see the people. Air goes cool and hurrying on my way. And dressings are sweet, all the people to see. They're looking at me, all the people to see. And when I set my eyes on you. You look like a kitty And when you're in the mood Oh, you look so pretty Caught a glance in your eyes And fell through the skies Glance in your eyes And fell through the skies Fell through the skies, dancing your eyes, 
energy is starting to shift and change it's going to be really helpful to keep in mind the high vibes and the low vibes especially of Capricorn and what Capricorn can set off in motion because this is a new moon and it's an eclipse so what are those Capricornian high vibes and low vibes on the high side we have wonderful traits like strength and self-discipline and control and good manners and in a wonderful work ethic as well as just being able to put one foot in front of the other and get a job done. There is no boss man like the Capricorn boss man or lady. There are so many talented, wonderful boss ladies out there. Don't take that the wrong way. On the low side, we have some not-so-wonderful traits, such as being a bit of a know-it-all at times. Capricorns can be really unforgiving, and this is really true to Saturn's nature as well. If you fuck up, there is a harsh price to pay. So this says a lot about their temper and their capacity for anger as well, which is quite expansive. But more worrisome than their anger really is their predisposition to be slightly pessimistic or even cynical at times, and this can lead down a dark path if not well-balanced. Remember, the Roman god Saturn liked partying and debauchery just as much as Jupiter. However, he did require a sacrifice first, so it is all about balance with Saturn. So let's go ahead and look at other stuff going on in the sky during this new moon. We, we have the new moon sextile Venus in Scorpio, so that gives us an opportunity for some intense introspection and shadow work as far as our relationships are concerned. And it's pretty late in Scorpio, so these things can be more and more intense the later to the degree of the sign that this progression happens. So don't be surprised if something secretive might come to light or even might start a new relationship with particular intensity around this time. We also have Pluto in Capricorn conjunct the new moon in Capricorn. So there's going to be a lot of intense endings that are possibly beginning right now. I know that's kind of a complicated way of looking at things, but think of it as the opportunity that comes from a dramatic ending that is necessary in order to make new room for new growth. So be on the lookout for that kind of thing going on in your life. The moon will also be quintile Mercury in Pisces. So be on the lookout for opportunities to really be introspective about your feelings and find ways to then communicate those feelings in an articulate way that makes new opportunities for deeper insight and understanding within yourself and your community. This new moon is also semi-square to Jupiter, who 
is again the great benefic and along with saturn are the two rulers of the universe with this aspect in mind make an effort to respond to people and events in an open and uninhibited way try to overcome any pettiness that you might have in your immediate environment and be open to invest it with genuine meaning and make an effort to make the most of your opportunities this really helps to show your generosity and kind of impress people in a way without trying to be quote-unquote impressive and what it does it helps for people to see you in a new light and hopefully in a more kind and open and generous way that can really open doors for you without you having to ask for them to be opened the new moon is also square to neptune in aries this transit can also make you feel extremely sensitive, sympathetic, and extra perceptive. Um, because Neptune is in Aries, it's not really Air it's not really Neptune's favorite place to be. Um, remember, Neptune is very much a watery sign. Aries is very much a fiery sign. Um, so Aries is gonna wanna get going and kind of bulldoze through things and get some things started. Um, and this might come out in an emotional way, which isn't always super comfortable, um, but it could ultimately be really, really beneficial. So don't fight it too much if it's happening. This transit also has the weird ability to bring out the curious experience that leaves you questioning reality. So some weird shit can be going down around this time. And you might walk away going, what the fuck was that? So be on the lookout, and if something like that does happen to you, reach out and tell me about it, because I'm so curious. So let's take a quick music break, and we'll be back with some announcements, some crystals, and how to work with them with your chakras for this new moon, along with your questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation for this lunation. All right, we'll be right back with the rest of the show. This is Orchid with Capricorn off of Capricorn.
just have a couple of announcements and plugs that I want to go over really quickly. Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to my Solstice Instagram live. That was really fun and nerve-wracking for me. Sorry if I seemed extra awkward or weird. I'm not usually in front of a camera. Um, whenever I do this, I'm hidden away in my blanket fort, and that's very cozy and comforting to me compared to being broadcast live over the internet. Um, so that was fun. Maybe I'll do something like that again in the future. Uh, also, I am announcing my Kickstarter campaign, and it's going to be a pretty simple one, but hopefully pretty cool. And it'll give me a litmus test to see if, um, you know, if, if season two is going to be something that's going to be a reality. So here here's what it is um basically i'm doing a limited edition run of posters that i haven't designed yet and i won't design yet until the kickstarter campaign is complete so you guys just kind of have to trust that i'm going to do something really awesome posters are 75 bucks plus shipping they're hand silk screened uh by me and designed by me and all of the proceeds go to support the show. Um, the show isn't free for me to make. I have to now pay an editor and hosting fees and music and website and all that stuff. Um, so if you like the show and you want a cool, basically it's going to be an astrology calendar of some sort. 
Um, if you want a cool astrology calendar that is designed by me and uh, you want to feel good about supporting your favorite astrology podcast, then I encourage you to go check out the Kickstarter campaign. I will have a link to it on our Instagram page and our website. And if you Google or if you search Kickstarter Blood Moon Milk, I'm sure that it will come up. And if not, you can always message me on Instagram and I can send you a link. The Kickstarter campaign will be live from January 1st to January 31st. So if by some chance by January 31st, the campaign is not successful, I don't get any of that money. And I also won't be making posters and the reality of a season two will be seriously in question. So support this if you wanna support anything that we do the next month. It goes to a good cause, and thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. There's only I'm only going to make 100 posters, so when they are fully backed, that's it. That's the end of the campaign. And then posters will probably be sent out sometime in May. Uh, that gives me a little bit of time to design them and make them and uh, make sure they look awesome and get them out without totally stressing and still being able to make the show if um, season two is going to happen. Basically, um, I'm using this as a litmus test to see if the support is there for a season two. And so if the campaign isn't successful, I'm really going to be questioning whether or not this podcast is something that's meant to keep moving forward in its current state. With that being said, uh, I also want to say thanks for everybody understanding uh, while over the holidays, it took a little social media break. Part of that was to be able to get this Kickstarter campaign underway. Um, I know you like and enjoy those daily horoscopes I do Monday through Fridays, but I just need a little bit of time to chill out from social media as well as collect my thoughts and ideas about projects for the future and moving forward. And that includes this Kickstarter campaign as well as uh, dreaming up some new workshop possibilities. So I'm hoping that next year being 2019, we'll see a whole bunch of new opportunities opening up for me and the podcast. And uh, some of those I hope will be some workshops. I'm going to be looking to book a workshop in Brooklyn and in England. And I'm looking for somewhere in Portland, Oregon at some point in the, in the springtime. So if anybody has a hookup or has an idea or knows somebody on the ground there that could point me in the right direction for a good place that might be interested, might be a good fit, please get in touch. Also, I am now available for one-on-one -on -one astrology readings, whether you are in Atlanta or you are anywhere else. We can do it by Skype, and I can send you all of your astrology charts via the internet. Um, also, uh, I'm still doing needle chart reports and also introducing synastry readings, which will my next full moon guest gets one of those on the podcast. So you'll hear a little bit more about those in depth in the future. And with that in mind, let's talk about crystals. The crystals that are most associated with Capricorn are really crystals having to do with the throat chakra. And so, and also storm elements really. So all all the black stones out there, like your black tourmalines, your magnetite, your stibnites, smoky quartzes, all those are great storm element stones. 
But the most traditionally associated stone with Capricorn specifically is blue sapphire. I'm going to talk about blue sapphire just a little bit, but I know that sapphires are pretty rare and expensive, so if you don't have sapphire, don't stress, it's okay. I'll also talk about lapis lazuli because I don't think I've covered that one on the show before, and it's a great substitute if sapphire is out of your price range. Sapphire really helps you to channel your awareness to the importance of discipline. And if that isn't super Capricornian in nature, then I don't know what is. Blue. Sapphire works with your third eye as well as your throat chakras so that you can see and sense the energies on the astral plane in your higher dimensions and then helps you to communicate those energetic intentions into this reality. It helps with your mental agility, your extrasensory perception, as well as energetic activation. It's believed to help one speak with their inner voice of truth and inner wisdom. It's a great aid for helping you to organize your ideas from the ether and making them orderly so that they may come to reality in an orderly, organized fashion. It's also been known to activate people's psychic visions and heighten your sense of inner knowing. When you have that feeling of you just know something's gonna happen or be a certain way, yeah, it helps with that. Lapis lazuli actually works with the same chakras, the throat and the third eye. So, like I said, they're a great substitute if you don't have access to sapphires. They're also linked with royalty, similarly to sapphires. Uh, the pharaohs of ancient Egypt would have their tombs decorated with lapis lazuli, and it still carries a vibration of royalty. So that's exciting. Lapis helps to activate the psychic centers at the third eye, as well as allowing you to develop enhanced intuition and ex and access to your spiritual guidance. Lapis lazuli has the added benefit of being extra good with work regarding past life regressions. So if this is an area that you're interested in, it's a good stone to work with. So let's go ahead and move into our questions for mindfulness, manifestation, and meditation during this new moon. And remember to focus on your throat chakras as well as your crown chakras during this meditation. What are some things that you'd like to plan for your future? This is a great time of year to start thinking about what it is that you'd like to accomplish in the coming year and then make a plan to put that dream into a, an action that can become a reality in this dimension. And it's okay to be really ambitious when you're making this plan, because if you're not shooting for things that you think you might not be able to accomplish or things that don't really get you excited, the chances are of you actually putting pen to paper and figuring out how to do it is even less likely to happen. So the bigger, the better. What kind of boundaries do you need to set for your own good? This can be with people you work with. This can be with relationships that aren't living up to their expectations. It's better to nix something or to course correct early on than to let it go on and on and on and not ever live up but still be a drain on your life. Boundaries can be your friend and Saturn and Capricorn are the best allies to setting healthy boundaries in astrology. So make good use of them. Also, because Saturn can be so unforgiving and cold and harsh energy, think of a way that you can make a little ray of sunshine in somebody's world. Exercise your own best judgment and your free will to be kind. Reach out and let somebody know how much they mean to you. Also, take some time to let go of the feeling or the need to be so controlling. 
ask yourself where in your life do you find yourself bristling and becoming rigid against the flow? I bet that is the area that you could let go of a little bit and allow the universe to sort of take the wheel and everything will come up just fine or even better than you could have anticipated. Also, Saturn does love a party, so make sure that you're celebrating. All right, that's it for this new moon in Capricorn. That's all about this Saturn energy. And Saturn is going to be in Capricorn along with Pluto for most of 2019. So keep these things in mind for the rest of the year. I don't think it's going to be super easy all the time, unfortunately, but I do think that ultimately the lessons that we learn this year are going to make things better for us in the future. So hang in there, everybody. Happy 2019. Blood Moon Milk is written by me, Aurora Yarberry, and this episode is edited by the very talented Adam McIntyre. This is Motorhead with Capricorn playing you out. Today, 
They prove me right, they prove me wrong, but they can never last this long. Oh.